what's up people welcome back to the over eight minutes podcast i'm sam matthews this week i've got two guests this is the first ever triple header i'm really good, good to see how this is going to go because it's not me just pestering one person for an hour and 20 until i let them leave so today we've got two scotland internationals two superstars both fresh off big summer signing moves both got over 20 caps each they are two of the favorite people i've ever had the chance to talk to so i'm really looking forward to getting the conversations out in the public and seeing what we do today i'm joined by rona lloyd and sarah bonner ladies how are we both how are you getting on that was a strong <laughs> intro. I'm like, what are you really picked us up? <laughs> you should have seen episode one. The best, the, the best blessing in disguise was I had to redo it episode one because of Cal's move. It was uh, I sounded like a crying child. You know, you know, like you'll know this as a teacher, sir. You know, when you have that one kid that's got to do a presentation and they just look at the floor and read the piece of paper. And you're like, I was, I was like, no I'm like, hey guys, I'm really excited. I've got a podcast today. Just don't look at me in the eyes. <laughs> That's no. So, ladies, how are you both? How are you getting on? How's camp? Good. It's been, we've had, been on camp since Sunday, had like big couple of days, but we've got day of tomorrow. So I think everybody's pretty pumped <laughs> for that. Um, we're like pretty near the sea. So I think we're going to go for a little dip um, and just have a chill one. Like some people have work bits and stuff to catch up on. So yeah, loving camp, but very much excited for a little rest <laughs> tomorrow. Hello, yeah. Bonds. How are you finding it? echo everything Rona said um I've pretty much covered like 17k in the past two days which is a lot for a forward but do you know the time that we've got together as class like wouldn't take that like away from anything that we've been doing so hopefully it ends up well I know I'm a bit I'm a bit jealous of like the gang back together at a hotel that sounds like like a holiday in the making and then you say you got the day off tomorrow I'm imagining there's like a lot of crocs and disposable barbecues going down to the beach with you Oh, like that's it's so nice. Like we are such like a big family. Like we always say the Scotland family, but it's so true. And I think everybody's just so happy to be back in together. And we're in Largs, which is a change. So because we're it's literally like seaside town. Like I do kind of feel like I'm on a holiday where I'm being forced to exercise a couple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I love the thought you just waking up it's like, what should we do today? And just like your roommates just like right to the gym. You're like, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like you're on. Like, you're will like, will they notice if we're not there? Will they notice if we're not there? <laughs> Yeah. Right, we're going to get you guys started with the quick-fire questions, nice little icebreakers, and then, as you say, the Scotland family can sit there and rinse you for it when you get back, because you'll have some questionable answers. Hopefully, makes it a bit more fun. But So they're really easy, just whichever one comes to your head first. I'm going to choose which one has to answer first, because I don't want one of you getting time to think about your answer each time, because then you can sort of evaluate the other's answer. So going to start, Bonds, you're going to go first. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Rhoda? Coffee. Yeah, oh, I forgot you Scottish lot are all mad for your coffees. Half of you've got oh, bloody espresso machines with you. I'm sharing a room with M, and she's got a machine. <laughs> so <laughs> you've locked out. Yeah, you've got your own barista with you. You're fine. Right, Rona, night out or a night in? Night out. Bonds. It'd have to be a night out. Oh, right. Would you rather score a try or make a try saving tackle, Rona? Score a try. Yeah, winger, that's fair. Try save and tackle. See, I'm a try save and tackle guy. Like, if I do a big jackal, I'm like, that's class. Like, that's my try, but that's probably for them often. (laughs) Well, you've got to think of the highlight reel. Big hits look better on a highlight reel. Mm -hmm, True. Exactly. Right, if you had to get rid of one tomorrow and keep the other, what would you get rid of? Rugby or dogs? Sarah, you've got to go first. Oh my god, no, I can't answer that because dogs are life. Like, honestly, like, 
Well, then you get rid of rugby, surely. But then rugby's life, and what if I said rugby, and I get kicked out of the team? <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell Brian not to watch it. I think I'd get rid of rugby because I love dogs. Runa. <laughs> dogs, I'd get rid of the dogs. Well, no, surely not. I, like, I, I like dogs, but I'm not like... <laughs> Bonner and some other people, do you know, like the... The way they obsess over it. Like, I like dogs, but sometimes do they smell? Yeah. Like, do they, oh, like, right. lick your face? Yeah. If you've had a total shitter, though, like, a dog yeah. loves you no matter what. Like, they're there through thick and thin, and they know if you're sad or unwell, they'll be with you. Like, Rachel Malcolm's dog, Callie, is my niece, and <laughs> he has got me through some tough times, let's just say. <laughs> Yeah, no, puppy cuddles make a day better. You could have, like, seriously, you have the worst day in the world. If a puppy's coming for cuddles, it's a good day. Exactly. <laughs> right, I've lost my place. we talk about dogs. <laughs> Would you rather have sweets or chocolate? Uh, Rona, you're first this time. Sweets. Bond? Sweets as well. Strong. Movies or TV series, Bond? Oh, movies. Rona? TV series. Yeah, TV series. Why movies? So I said that and then I was like thinking about all the things I've watched recently in the whole TV series. <laughs> um, but I do like a good movie because you just get lost in it. Like I'll happily sit there and then pretend I'm like these characters and now we're into film. Um, so probably films, yeah. My my missus does that. Every time we watch a rom-com, she imagines herself in the film. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. we're watching suddenly we're watching a reenactment of our life that we've never lived. And I'm like, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I've never like, been to Chicago. What's that? <laughs> I ride the highs and the lows of the characters. Like I'll be there crying <laughs> if they're laughing. I'll be laughing with them. So just escapism for an hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a really invested answer. A lot of passion came out of that. <laughs> oh, right, sevens or fifteens, Rona. I didn't mean to put that one to you first, but that's worked out quite nicely. <laughs> sevens. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 15s for you, Sarah, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm lost <laughs> in the pack. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> I feel so empty on the pitch. <laughs> like, are we starting? <laughs> right, if you had to have one to get a good rest in, not, not to get yourself clean, but a rest, bath or a shower? Oh, shower. I don't like getting wrinkly. Shower. <laughs> nah, baths. Baths are the way forward. Right, showers. Why showers? Not, not a bath and just... Never had the bath bomb Saturdays where you just post game. Like I really have to be in the mood for a bath. And if I'm not, like the thought of just sitting there, I get a bit bored where <laughs> a shower, you're in and out, you can then go and rest in bed. And watch yeah. a film. And watch a film. <laughs> Which has ten episodes in about six seasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, I'll let I'll let you off for that one then. Right. Uh, would you rather have a team activity day or a team night out? That follows quite nicely on what you're doing tomorrow. But so, would you have like a team night out on the piss, or would you have like a day at like total wipeout as a team? I think it's activity day. Team I activity day. Yeah. It's I think tricky. You go to the pub anytime. Yeah. Oh, it's tricky because the pub is or going out. That's where you sometimes like get to know folk on that next level and you have those stories but then equally the team activity day <laughs> is fun and we're all about well, no both are fun but both one's more I, well, I don't know 
I think with team, like we actually, we really don't get to go out as a team much at all. So I feel like that's something that we really hype up. Whereas a team activity day will just come like as a surprise, didn't know what was coming, brightens up your week, <laughs> breaks up camp. Yeah. yeah. Thursday, we're doing team surfing. That's what you want to hear on the Monday. When you get the Monday week plan, you're like, Thursday is team surfing day. Yeah. yeah. Whereas nights out, it's like you've got to get everyone in Edinburgh. You've got to find somewhere for y'all to go. You've like, yeah. It's more stress. Surely one of one of you can just pull some strings, just be like Scotland women's team's coming out, make a space, and then table so you'd like to think <laughs> you'd like to think that was a thing, but it is not a thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> just why not Wednesdays? Just got a dance floor table booth cleared for you. If Napier <laughs> University men's team can get one, the women's Scotland women's team can get one. We actually, I I don't know if you were there, but I remember a night out in it wasn't why not but basically some people got into the, like the vip booth at the vip <laughs> area but some people didn't and i was one of the ones that didn't so where there was like half of us partying on one side of the banner and half the other side like that yeah that's how, <laughs> kind of how it works for us have you have you that shout out why not by the way i'll probably, probably won't get in there. have you ever been into it since they had like the vault as their vip section oh no all right, so they, they basically built a prison for the VIP little area, and it's just got these barred walls. And basically, so like we were the rugby team, and they were our sponsors. We were like, "Yeah, we'll go. We'll see what it's like." I think within ten minutes, all the boys had left and gone back through the main room because there was just no atmosphere. Oh, and the guy was like, "Oh, we need to get some photos of you in the VIP." We're like, "Yeah, we're not going back there." <laughs> but that, so, but no, team nights out are the best nights out. Uh, if you're if you're trying to get something sorted, are you more likely to FaceTime or text Bond? Oh, FaceTime. Yeah, FaceTime. Yeah, that must be a podcaster streak. All the podcasters say FaceTime. I think it's because everybody's fed up of sending messages and not getting replies for like weeks at a time. Oh, hundred percent. I know. I could out like half the GB Olympians that I've got left on scene. I'm like, come on, guys, people, <laughs> try and yeah. See, everybody that's not rugby, nobody replies. All the rugby folk are lovely. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. People that aren't rugby, they're just like, I don't know who you are, so. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, arms day or leg day? I know you had a fierce arms day today, so does that sway your answer? Who's going arms. first? <laughs> At arm day, no question. Yeah, it's got to be arm day. I'm growing to like the arms. Basically, military lifestyle's got me super skinny, so Rona's getting me in the gym for arm day for operation udon noodle to get my arms from rice noodle to udon noodle <laughs> what is operation udon noodle to rice noodle i always i obviously know what both are but <laughs> so rice noodles are really skinny which are my arms at the moment and udon noodles are a bit thicker step up like next level in the league so we're currently trying to get to operation udon noodle that's the best name for a pt like mantra i've ever heard <laughs> <laughs> I'm a forward, you gotta link food into it, you know? Exactly. All calories are good calories when you play in the front five. That's what my coaches used to tell me. Exactly. <laughs> right, where are we going? Oh, the big one. I said it in the trailer and then I forgot to put it in the first couple of episodes. Bourbons or custard creams? Bond. Custard cream. Rona. Custard cream. Why? All of you the same. All you scholars thought the same. Hannah Smith said the same, and then it removes her from my Christmas card list. You've got to have the bourbons. Bourbons are the best. It's like little mini chocolates. And then you get a biscuit on top of it. Yeah, but I'd rather just have a chocolate. Yeah, but bourbons are bigger. More bang for your buck. Okay, you tell yourself 
I'm just, I'm just not campaigning for. Bor- if Bourbons don't sponsor this podcast, I'll be livid. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's your go-to musical? Rhoda, you're first. I like Hairspray. That is my <laughs> musical of choice. Does that count? That's like a movie. That's that's the correct answer. It's, oh, it's a personal sweet. opinion, but that's the correct answer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Mine would be Greatest Showman. Can you class that as one? Oh, that is- I so- love yeah. it. You're doing well. <laughs> yeah. I we think had, good. Good we had we had a charity football game for the mental health group I'm associated with, and obviously to fight, battle the hangover on the second day, I had like a wee mini concert to myself, and it was all just hairspray and great showman. Strong. Like the, the room next to me would have hated it, but I had the best 15 minutes of my life trying to fight a hangover in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, last one: socks and sliders. Yes or no? Are they acceptable? Yes, percent. Yes, <laughs> Definitely. I'm a socks and sliders kind of guy. Right, there we go. Sarah Bonner, Rola, you've survived quickfire questions. No questions that are apart from there, apart from the fact that Rona Lloyd wants to get rid of dogs, which is probably not going to go down very well. No, just, <laughs> I would just get rid of, yeah, I would get rid of dogs over rugby. I don't want to rid the world of dogs at all. Well, that's <laughs> what you've just said. That's what you've said, yeah. I promise I still love dogs. It's not as much this... as you guys love dogs, and I accept that. This is the press. We're going to twist your words. Like, the whole title of the podcast is going to be Rona Lloyd Hates Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> just an hour and 20 minutes, just Rona Lloyd Hates Dogs. Dog hater, Rona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, that's that done. Right, guys, today, Sarah and Rona, they've graciously agreed to come on my podcast. They're actually two very talented podcasters themselves. I really like listening to their podcast. I've been telling them that for a while. A really good one is the episode of Simi Pam. I genuinely almost spat coffee over my screen at my office when she was talking about discrimination and being silenced and Rona accidentally slams the mute button on her and it was the best, like, 20 seconds of the 2021 for me. Rona, that what, was that, like, what was that like when you said... Was that one of the moments where you're just like, I want the world to swallow me whole right now? So I think she literally said, as a black woman, I feel like my voice is often silenced and then I press the mute button. Like, I did... <laughs> yeah, tried to mute myself to take a drink, accidentally muted her. Then, like, didn't really realise, and then maybe, like, ten seconds later, unmuted her, and she just continued. And then I had to be like... And because you have to request somebody to unmute, so I had to be like, please, Simi, unmute yourself. Then, basically, once she finished speaking, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then, anyway, we, like, thank God she was, like, so, so sound about it. And, like, I think she thought it was quite funny in the end. And, yeah, she was, like, obviously such a, like ridiculously like cool talented person um and i yeah i muted her on our podcast <laughs> brilliant the best the best bit of that is i want to know bonds what were you because th- what were you thinking just as like a witness because you must have just been going oh somebody's making some great points it's gonna be really good and just like oh no my headphones are broke i can't hear anything <laughs> no i saw that she muted it and it didn't look like her arms had moved and i was like what's going on and then I'm pretty sure one of the messages have been like, bollocks, just muted her. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a few moments where we, we'll do silly things like that and look at each other and then we have to maintain composure and not laugh and we're both dying inside and can just see it. There's like a look. No. <laughs> yeah, and we were like having this like pretty deep chat about like like discrimination and it, it was so good. Yeah, and then I, well, I absolutely ruined it. <laughs> The episode is, is still out there if anyone wants to go and experience it for themselves. But to be fair, I think it was still like still one of my favourites, despite yeah. It was it was such a beautiful bit of comedic timing, and I was like, if if she's done that on purpose, 
she's really testing the waters of the joke, but it's a brilliant joke if she's done it. It's like a proper like Ricky Gervais level of this is funny in the right context, but we're really gonna put it out there and see how people respond. Yeah, no. <laughs> I because I remember because I was at work and obviously so when I work, I just keep my phone in my pocket and just have the podcast going. And then I was like, it's gone really quiet. And I was like, oh, the podcast must have finished. And it was like, no, you still got 12 minutes to go. And I was like, oh. Oh, Simi, if you're listening, we're sorry. Simi, it was, don't worry, it was a very good, and your point came across very well. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a brilliant metaphor. You've just got to be like, you're on that higher English level of, like, the curtains were blue because he's sad, not because the curtains were blue level. That's what you've just got to tell people. You were really getting the point across. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. A nice, a nice little segue in there because I just remembered that as we started talking. So, how did the podcast come about? How did the Women Who Sport podcast come about? You go for it, Rona. So we were, I'd like been thinking for a while that like I wanted to do like something about women's sport. Like it was, yeah, I don't know. Like being a female rugby player, like you you don't have this massive platform or anything but then I got like a message it basically I, me- I got a message from somebody at school who was like um like it's really cool that you play rugby like I want to study physics at uni but like I didn't want to be the only girl but like basically this message when she like she'd seen me play rugby and thought that it was like cool for her to study physics and then it just got me thinking about like I think as like young girls are just like desperate for good role models and I think when I reflect on like when I was at school that was definitely the case and there's not enough out there in the media at all like who as a young girl we see in magazines it's like models and like people that it's probably not very realistic to look up to so I guess it was kind of motivated by that like that wanting to do more Um, and like unbeknown to me Bonner had been having similar thoughts and then I like remember like where we were on the Loughborough campus where I was like look at like I've like was chatting about this and was like I'm kind of like thinking of doing a podcast and then Bonner was like I'm kind of thinking of doing a podcast so we had this moment of like, oh, <laughs> like, we're going to do it. Because it's similar to Rona's story, but I was teaching at the time and working with like secondary school youngsters. Mm-hmm. School didn't really have many role models to look up to or not that accessible as much as you see in the men's game and, and male footballers that are like constantly everywhere, which is brilliant. Both boys and girls look up to them, but a lot of girls just stop playing sport at a certain age because other things become more apparent or they don't see that as a career. Or even with me, we're baffled that I was teaching, even though I was playing at the level that I'm with rugby and just wanted to use like the very small platforms that we do have to just, chat and engage with some really cool people like so many of my pals from uni are now playing different sports and have incredible stories and we thought you know we could at least tap into that and then from there we've just managed to get different contacts through different sports and learn so much just from chatting to all these sportswomen we love it Mm -hmm. no it's great i like i like your podcast for exactly that reason you do such a good job of getting the variety in and you do that job of actually going this is a very well, it's, not, it's not very achievable. I don't want to underplay your role as international players, but there is a pathway for people. <laughs> not trying to belittle, just like, oh yeah, it's really easy. But like, you you do show people that there is a pathway to that, and it's not just a case of they've picked twenty random women to play rugby. Like you guys have worked and you guys have strived for it. Well, I think that's the point. Like, there's, mm-hmm. I, I think with some exceptions, and like looking at like the USA men's team, for example, they've had people come to the sport late and still absolutely excel in sevens, but. 
I think generally in men's rugby, certainly in Scotland, like I think a lot of the guys that play for the national team would have been playing since they were five years old. Whereas actually in the women's game, like it's not the case. Like there is a pathway there. It's completely shaped our lives, mm. like on and off the pitch. And yeah, like just love more girls to to pick up a rugby ball and and be part of that. It's no exactly everybody. You should everybody should play rugby. I think even if you don't like rugby, go for the rugby club atmosphere. It's the best thing. I remember watching the women's rugby team at uni. I remember watching it and it was like, there was so much happiness just emanating from the pitch. Like, I remember the team, it was like, they were all like half and and I knew one of the girls and I was like, oh, you guys must be doing really good. Like, no, we're getting beat like 70 nil. I was like, I've seen people that have won like trophies look less happy than you look. Like, this is, this is the best team atmosphere I've ever seen. And I, was, I know it's not the same for most women's teams, but it's nice. Like, there's a team bond that people should really strive to go for. Yeah. Right. What is it that you guys love most about the podcast? I really want to get like, what's you put, touched on it there as you're both mates at the same time. You're like, oh, we could do it together. What's it like doing a podcast as two hosts and as two friends? You're saying like, is there like giggles? Is there like, is there moments where there's giggles and it's a bit difficult or like, is there clashes or is it just straight up good fun? No, like personally, it's great. <laughs> there's, there's things like, <laughs> There's, oh, there's, there's just funny moments that we'll look at each other and be like, we'll know, we'll know what we're thinking. It's hard to keep a straight face. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of us being pals, we kind of know how each other work. We're both probably quite horizontal, last minute people. Um, <laughs> so it works from that point of view. But like Rona's an absolute genius behind like the editing and like does so much behind the scenes um, that I certainly wouldn't be able to do. But like we just kind of balance it quite well. Yeah, like agreed. I think. Oh, sorry, sorry, carry on, carry on. Oh no, I, I was basically just going to repeat what Bond said. Like Bond says questions, I did the editing after. Like I think we actually work so well together, and we'll like send each other messages as we go, being like, "You speak now," <laughs> and one of us thinks that we've been speaking too much. But do you find it fun as like two hosts? Do you find that makes it like a bit easier? Because obviously I'm me, myself, and I in here. And then when Sean, when producer Sean's in, he just sends me like he said he sends me text going like speak closer to the mic or stop stop talking in between sentences. I'm like sorry, Sean. No, like it. I think that's probably one of the talking points that we discussed when we first started the pod that we both wanted to do it together with somebody. So you've got that kind of banter between each other. So if we do have a guest that's potentially um, a little bit more serious or we get stuck or doesn't speak so much, we kind of use each other to to guide the conversation if one of us gets a bit stuck. Yeah, like definitely. Like I love doing it together. I had to do one episode on my own with Tyler Nathan Wong. Like basically we just had, like it was hard getting a time anyway because of the time difference. And then mm-hmm. Bonds, like some, like an RAF thing got moved last minute. So I was like, sorry, I'm just going to go for it. But like the episode lasted like 25 minutes. Like she was brilliant, but I'm, like we just, we need each other. <laughs> like, yeah, we have so much more banter together. I think we, we work really well. We had one episode where it was like us two, her like best friends. And then mm-hmm. Kirsty Law and Jade Lally, who are, Two discus I remember boys, that right? episode, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, and they were also, like, best friends, and I feel like that was almost, like, too much carnage. <laughs> like, yeah, there was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, that one went a bit crazy. Um, but other than that one, I think we've <laughs> it's been pretty smooth. I was going to say, I don't envy you trying to edit that one when there's four people just having a laugh, because you're trying to well, make sure the sound's going, and you're like, oh, no. 
Yeah, and with that, like, I was having Wi-Fi issues. Like, I kept leaving and coming back in with my Wi-Fi. Jade was, like, sat in a car outside Kirsty's house using Kirsty's Wi-Fi because Jade was moving house and didn't have a new Wi-Fi yet. Like, there was, yeah, it was just, like, actual chaos. And, yeah, as you said, it's the editing where you're like, here we go. Respect to Jade and Kirsty for getting the podcast done. She's like, I'm outside, I'm outside your house in my car. Well, yeah, because it was, like, literally in the middle of lockdown. She couldn't even go in her house, so... <laughs> It was a good effort. Yeah. No, I, I sympathise with you there, Rona, because you, you write enough questions. Like, you'll do it bonds if you're the one that writes questions, you'll know. I mean, you write all these questions, you'll have like three pages of notes, you'll be like, I've definitely got enough for like the time schedule here. And then you'll find they start answering like two questions in the same sentence. So you're like, yeah. oh, I can't go to the next question now because you've answered that. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we know the pain. Although, it, yeah, again, that's probably why having. The two of us works well because sometimes Rono think is something that we haven't even put down in our question sheet. That was actually probably one of the best points that may have come from that podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's what we quite like about it. Good. No, I'm glad. It's a very for any young female athletes watching. Definitely give that podcast a list. I'm very good at promoting other people's podcasts on my podcast. I'm, I pretty much promote Bruce. Bruce is like every episode, but <laughs> no, it's definitely a good podcast. Go and listen to it. I I really enjoy it. So. And I'm oh, not thanks, just saying Sam. that because you're sat in front of me. So thank you. <laughs> I would say it if you were sat in front of me, but I generally do like it. So don't worry about it. <laughs> right. If you I'm gonna ask you this question now, I was gonna ask it later, but I think it fits in nicely. Who's that one dream guest you want on your podcast? I have two. Go on then, you can go first. Go on, Rona thinks. Claire <laughs> Balding, and because I just love her. I think she's class. Just everything that she does in the sport, I love. And mm. Catherine Granger, because she's just like my childhood hero. First Olympic memories. I've met her several times. And she's someone, when they say never meet your heroes, she's one that you would want to meet because she's just so lovely. She has time for you. She's humble. Oh, she's at, like those two are my, I'd be, I'd have to get Rona to lead on it essentially because it'd just be there that. <laughs> Just sat their mouth open. Starstruck. Literally, even at dinner today, Bonds was saying something about Claire Bolden. It was something like, oh no, was, she was like, sat down at dinner and was like, Claire Bolden's watching the cricket. <laughs> Everybody was like, Bonds, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> he was watching the 100. The women were playing. I was like, oh my God, like, Claire. Have you like, not been watching the 100s? No, like, I, I've been keeping up with bits of it, but uh, I think Claire Bolden watching the 100 is just, yeah, like, that shows how much, like, a bon yeah, how much Bonds loves Claire Bolden. <laughs> She's great. Claire's class. Right, Rona, who's your guest? And then we'll discuss, we'll discuss the guest in a bit more detail after. So I've, I've been asked this before, and I said two as well, which is probably cheating. Um, Maggie Alfonsi, because I think just, she's, like, an absolute legend, mm -hmm. and actually, like, I met her when I was, like, 16, and... She was like actually really influential in my rugby career, and she wouldn't know that. So I think I would just want to like tell her and fan girl over thank her. You. <laughs> yeah, just like you're the coolest. Or Dean Asha Smith, like she's mm -hmm. yeah, she would be real, real cool. Um, obviously she's done incredible things, and she just had a hard time with the Olympics. Um, yeah, she's somebody that I would I'd love to talk to, and she seems like she's got such a like vibrant personality, which is always fun to have on the podcast. Exactly. Bubbly people make good podcasts because especially yeah. people that just run off on a tangent, you're like, great, I don't need to do anything for 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I remember we had one of my first episodes was with uh, Tom Lindsay, you know, the Bristol Bears women's or former Bristol Bears women's head coach. Yeah. yeah. And he and he had so many stories and obviously because he's like rugby lad through and through, I forgot that I was hosting a podcast. And I just, he just spoke for like 30 minutes about 
an away day with wasps in 2007. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and that's that story. And I just sat there and went, oh shit, I'm asking him the next question. Just frantically looking around. Like, they're the type of guests you want. Right, Claire Balding. We're going to talk about Claire Balding first because obviously this is a divine passion slash almost cultish religion following. Oh, How... <laughs> well, no, she's great because she's like, she's like the original female broadcaster in a way. Like she yeah. was doing it long before it was like a topic, and it was never a case of because Claire is Claire. It was always she's the best for it. Yeah, she's like paved the way. <laughs> like her, her at swimming was it the twenty twelve Olympics she did the swimming, or was it? It was either 20, 2012 or twenty sixteen, but she was phenomenal. And yeah, like she's at every Olympics. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like her, Gabby Logan's probably like a close second <laughs> to female broadcasting, but. Claire is just like the original, the OG, yeah. just paved the way. And probably, like, so I used to row before playing rugby and she did a lot of the rowing coverage and still does. Um, Sorry, I'm fascinated by watching what Rona's up to because this is going to be a great viewing podcast. Oh, <laughs> People oh, see this. Yeah, yeah, it's getting recorded. No, I'm not going for a wee. I was in the water. Unacceptable. I saw you oh. go into the private room. I was like, if she's going to the bathroom, this is really going to change the tone of the pod. Like, <laughs> no, I just thought I could low key fill up a water while Bonds was talking about clear balding because I knew that that would take a while. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, no. I do talk water a lot. It's unhealthy. All I can say is that it's definitely stayed in <laughs> like the video and the audio just because it will make people go like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but yeah, clear balding's the OG. Like, what's your what's your earliest memory of clear balding? Oh god, what is my earliest memory? Probably of her like Olympic coverage or probably some random like horse racing. She did, she did a lot of like horse ra racing commentary or coverage. Yeah. Not that I'm big into horse racing, but it was always on Channel 4. Um, and like you just kind of flick on on a Saturday morning um, and just thought that even her like classic iconic hairstyle, which she's just mm -hmm. like dogs for so many years. Like <laughs> I don't, I just think like as I've grown up, I just think she's a really good advocate for women's sport, done so much for the for the sport, for the sport, loads of sports. Um, yeah, I just, just think she's great. Like, I can't be confident in any other words. <laughs> right, Rona, we're going to go, we're going to mix and we're going to go between again. Just, right, so Dean Asher-Smith, why is Dean Asher-Smith the, one of the, the, I, the perfect guests? Like, just interviews I've seen of her and stuff, like, she just always comes across so well. And obviously, like, to be world champion like to be yeah the fastest woman on the planet like that is incredible mm -hmm. and she seems so humble and for that to be a British woman I think like athletes like her don't like she's an absolute superstar like I don't think we get that it doesn't come around that often in British sport so yeah I yeah I just think she's she's super cool comes across well would love to know her story because I don't really yeah know like mm -hmm. how she got into running or or this and the other so yeah I'd, I'd go with her for sure Exactly. Right. Catherine Granger, that's definitely the old rowing coming out in your bonds there. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that later, but that's definitely the rowing coming out. Yeah, so well, it would have been Athens, like really, really young. Remember sitting on the stairs watching it through like the loungers here watching the rowing. And Catherine Granger, I think, had picked up her silver, maybe. Um mm -hmm. and just she's Scottish, she it's like just done so much again for rowing and I guess women's sports is now what head of the UK sport but not only that the thing that I'm really inspired by is that she was always a big advocate of 
having something outside of sport. So she's done a master's, got a PhD in, I actually don't know what it is. I probably should know, read her books. <laughs> but she's got a lot going on outside of sport. And I guess from a point of view that you could have, touch where it doesn't happen, but a career ending injury. And it's so important to have that backup and also have that switch off um, from something that you do day in, day out, seven days a week for years and years and years. And I just think that she's just someone that I've always looked up to and admired for what she's achieved. Um, I guess before Laura Kenny, she was the most decorated female Olympian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolute hero. <laughs> Good. And then finally, Maggie Alfonsi. What makes Maggie Alfonsi one of the perfect guests to get on the Women Who Sport podcast? So obviously she's like rugby legend, so there's that. But the I met her in, so when I was like, must have been like 16 or something. I played at the, it was called like the Sainsbury's UK school games. Um, and I was like playing for Scotland and it was sevens and she was there. And it was at like a time where I was like, I like basically in school, like I didn't tell people I played rugby. Like everybody was like, oh, rugby's for boys. Like I like did get like called a man and stuff for playing rugby, which like I, I feel so like silly saying now but at the time. I was like devastated that anybody could think I was a man. Um, <laughs> then the yeah basically met her at the uk school games and like people were like asking her to like tense her biceps and stuff and she was just like like so confident and such good chat and like had like a word with me to say that like i'd, I'd stood out in the scottish team and although it was like such a small thing like that like it meant so much to me at the time and it was probably at a time where like i wasn't quite sure if i was going to continue playing rugby and that was something that like definitely made me want to so yeah the i think how the, the way that Maggie was with me was how, like, I would love to be with, yeah, like, I guess the next mm -hmm. mock rugby players coming through. So, yeah, I've just, somebody that I've always, always really looked up to. And she's, yeah, like, rugby-wise, she's done some incredible things. All right, I'm going to quickly interject. I'm still going to go back and talk about the podcast because that sounds like the best reasons to have anybody on the pod. And I'll definitely send you that clip that you can then just send out to all of them on, like, the Instagram DMs. And be like, <laughs> we're really big fans. Please come on the pod. <laughs> But well, so have you, oh, sorry, carry on. People want to hear you no, talk, just, not me. You speak. Oh, no, not at all. Sorry, I've probably talked too much. But we've tried that before. So we had a podcast where we had Ailey Gibson on, who was a canoeer, and mm -hmm. she was talking about how much she loved Catherine Granger. And then Bonner was talking about how much she loved Catherine Granger. Um, so then basically I clipped it all together and we were like, <laughs> Catherine, come on our podcast. But um, I mean, I don't know how active she is on Instagram, but she didn't see it. So just... I don't think she's that big on social media. <laughs> I'm telling myself this anyway. <laughs> She's probably <laughs> on it daily. <laughs> no, you just got to just be relentless. Just spam. Just until they say no, they've not said yes or no. So just keep going. That's all you got to do. But th with okay. Claire Baldy, it feels like all of my pals have met her. Like, Waz has met her. My friend Hannah that plays netball's met her. Lauren that plays cricket's met her. Like, so many of my friends have met her and I'm, like, yet to meet her. And I'm just like, it's so unfair. The world is unjust sometimes. <laughs> if they, has anyone had the cheek to like send you like a Snapchat video that have been like, just oh, me and Claire hanging out? They'll send me like, <laughs> a photo of them together. And I'm like, this isn't fair. Like, how does this happen? You've just got to start hanging about with like the, the guys the guys and girls from uni and just be like, right. <laughs> I know no, Claire Bolling will bump into one of you, so I will be there when it happens. <laughs> 
Uh, follow, yeah, following on from that point you made about Maggie telling you that you stood out and that really set your tone for I want to be a rugby player. Have you had any of those moments yet where like a young kid's come up to you and gone, Rona Lloyd, you're, you're like the, the seven star that I've always wanted to be, or Sarah Bonner, the way you take balls in the line out is inspirational. Like, I want to be the next Sarah Bonner. No, sadly not. I feel like Rona's probably, that's probably happened to Rona, I feel. There was that girl that at school that messaged me that was just, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. stuck with me. Um, then I don't like you meet girls at like, um, like I don't know, like girls rugby camp and stuff that will, yeah, I don't know, like mention a try you scored or something. And that's like always, it's just cool when like, I think more and more we're seeing girls come to our games. And I think that's so cool because like I'd never watched a women's rugby match before I started playing. Um, and never watched Scotland women play other than like when I started playing for them. So it's it's just real cool now that like girls coming through are are at our games and and like could like see our guys. Like we had Emma Lasso had like a full on fan club for <laughs> for a while. We were one of the Lassolettes. So yeah, it's just like really special that it's it's moving in that direction. No, it's good. Yeah, I completely agree. It's really really, and the crowds will only get bigger. I don't know if they're still planning to play you guys. Are they still planning to play you guys at Scotston? Are they going to move you to Mini Murrayfield? We actually have no clue. I I genuinely don't know. Oh, well, I think, I I mean, I personally know that I influence the SRU in any way or shape or form, but I think they should move you to Mini Murrayfield because I think you'd get a lot, a bigger crowd there just because more people play rugby over this side than in Glasgow, so. But yeah, then yeah. I can be, I can become one of the Wasselettes, but I'll be like the Sarah Bonner and Rona Lloyd fan club just stood there. Yeah! <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep harassing Claire Balding. I'll be like, I've got a spare ticket to the Scotland Women's Game and I know a second row that really wants to beat you. So. Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> just between the three of us, we'll just spam Catherine Granger and be like, this game, this date, be there and then come along. Like, imagine if Catherine did like a jersey presentation for us one day. I'd be crying like we would play the next day no we get quite emotional during jersey presentations and like imagine if Catherine Granger was there I'd be like bawling my eyes out I don't know why it just gets emotional and Catherine would be there and be like I'll do much (laughs) there would only be two people in that room and you're right just be you and Catherine (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very inspirational to see that you still because like, I don't know how you guys feel, but you guys are very much at the top of your sport. Like You guys are the elite players in Scotland, and you still have these heroes and these idols, which I think is quite good for young fans to sort of look at as you're constantly striving to be at this level that you keep pushing for. So I think that's, I mean, this is just a bit of me talking to people who are listening, and God knows where, but like keep striving for that and keep pushing towards your idols. Like Never think you're there, which is what I get from you two. You, you're never, you're never think, you don't think that the job is done. You keep going, like, I'm not at the pinnacle yet. I can keep going. But then you get somebody like me who looks at you two and go, you two are Scotland Internationals. You are the pinnacle. Oh, no, I don't feel that at all. I'm like, I've still got years. I know. <laughs> I still don't ever think I'll get to the pinnacle, but... You don't give yourselves enough credit. You're both 20-plus cap Scotland players. Do you know what? That's probably, like, half of our problem. Like, the team is probably a little bit too humble and we actually need to get a little bit of confidence behind us, but... It'll come. Uh, who's go on following from that? Who's got like the most swag? Who's the most like I'm the elite? Like who should you just model the team on? You should be like we are the dogs bollocks. Hannah Smith. <laughs> <laughs> she I'm saying nothing. Us. I'm she saying, would hate us. 
Um, who? Okay, let's take let's take the, the limelight off Hannah. Who would it be? So this person isn't like cocky or anything at all, but I just think everybody should live their life how CB lives her life. I just I thought you say CB. Yeah, like, great show. Yeah, she just does what she wants, dyes her hair red when she wants, like puts like photos on Instagram that I'm like. CB is the only person that could get away with that. Like she's yeah, she is absolutely brilliant. Like I think we should all be a little bit more like CB. Yeah. I completely agree. Once again, from when somebody else's podcast, I listened to her on Bruce's podcast. And CB on Bruce's podcast, she was the only way I can describe it, she is Canadian as fuck. Like she is so Canadian. Yeah. And I it's like it is like you say, it is infectious the level of like swagger she has. Yeah. She could put a bin bag on and still swag it out. <laughs> like well, make it, it... You, you she should be doing the social media because your social media will go through the roof i agree yeah, <laughs> she's brilliant. good cb come on the pod because i just chat to you about canada for like an hour and then eventually <laughs> we talk about rugby but massive advocate for canada only been there on holiday but massive advocate for the place. <laughs> right we're going to go back to the podcast we talked about the good stuff now we're going to talk about the difficulties of hosting a podcast because I imagine all of us share the same sort of difficulties when we host. So what do you guys find the most difficult about setting up your podcast or running your podcast? So, pro- you go. <laughs> but I was going to say we're the difficulties. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, because we are so busy outside of it, <laughs> finding a time that either of us are free or because we think that we could probably bosh something out in an hour, which actually takes six hours. We're just sometimes a little bit unrealistic with timescales, so we're probably the actual biggest issue with the podcast. <laughs> we, like, just had an AFL player on from Australia, so she'd replied to, like, we were, like, emailing this girl trying to sort it, and she'd... Sorry, I, this girl. Um, Libby... Birch. Birch. The, yeah, we were, like, emailing her trying to sort it. She was replying to all the emails, like instantly then when we like got the time it was like our 10 p.m her 8 a.m then when we jumped on it she wasn't like it was like five past ten and we're like oh she's still not here and we're like oh this is weird like she was so punctual replying to all these emails and then we got the time difference wrong it was actually 11 p.m <laughs> so then we just came off for an hour went back on did the podcast at 11 p.m finished after midnight we're both like absolute zombies by the end of it um <laughs> Yeah, like we are the problem with our podcast. <laughs> that's such that's just not a media trained answer, but such like a humble answer. Just like we are not selling anyone or anything under the bus here, any way, shape, or form. And also in our first few podcasts, especially, our pitches and voices like would be so loud. Like Rona would have to like manually bring our voices down, and the guests would we'd almost like drown the guest out with how loud we were. Um, so we've had a little like teething technical issues, but yeah, it's definitely us. I was gonna say, how do you how do you feel listening back to the podcast? Because it's the one that I hate when I'm going through making the clips. Is hearing like you pick up little voice tendencies that you didn't know you had. Yeah, I think Rona might have froze. I'm thinking <laughs> Rona's froze as well. Yeah. Is she in or out? We'll carry on, we'll carry on, we'll play cool. And if it goes low, we'll just we'll bring it back in, we're cool. You, so, you answer just now, we'll man it. We'll go to the, you can practice your individuals when Runa can't make a women's sport podcast. <laughs> we'll, um, yeah, we'll carry on. Um, yeah. Do you know what? The listening to it back is probably the worst bit about it. Yeah. And 
it just oh it's so cringe um and editing it but in fairness rona does a lot of the editing and by the time i listen to it i'm like oh it sounds pretty decent um <laughs> but yeah what was what was your original question again sorry <laughs> just uh, listening back to the podcast because that's my least favorite bit about it yeah so do you have like a least favorite part about doing the podcast like is it the because for example like so when i do a podcast i notice that i do things that i didn't think i do for example, I always say like a lot more than I think, and I really get annoyed when I say like. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like, and you know, like, and then. Rona and I say that a lot in particular. Rona's definitely buzzword is like. I have She's another. Back. Buzzword to do. Here we go. Um. Yeah. You know, you pick up on really weird things that you do. And you're like, oh, I need to stop doing that. Or when you listen back to the way you even asked a question, I delivered that so poorly, or it sounded really like clunky um but in terms of editing that is rona's bag and i'm sure she probably hates it at times <laughs> yeah we're discussing the worst bits we noticed from the podcast we don't know when you froze but we sarah, sarah just manned the podcast for us and just carried it so we're fine we can carry on oh brilliant choose bonds <laughs> sorry i was hot spotting my phone i think the internet just had a funny one um yeah apologies i'm back yeah Right, your what is your worst bit about doing the podcast? Like, is there a particular part that you really don't like? Like, for example, me and Bonsville said listening to ourselves back is our least favorite bit. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think we're talking about like weird habits we have. I say mm -hmm. like between I everything I say, which is really annoying, and I don't notice that I do it at the time. And as well, I say use, mm -hmm. which is like that's not English. I should stop as in, saying as in, that. Isn't like all of yous are over there? Yeah, like, yeah. Use. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's that's yeah. that's a Scottish thing though. That's Scottish. It's like unofficial yeah. Scottish. And that's the thing. It's so like ingrained in my vocabulary that I can't I can't stop. So yeah, the I think just listen to it back, like having to to edit ourselves. <laughs> um, oh no, we love it though, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Right, have you ever had a guest? Because I'm very lucky. I've not had a guest that I've thought this is boring yet. Have you ever had a guest that you've gone, this podcast is really starting to drag a bit? Maybe you don't you have to name them. You don't have to name them. <laughs> no, never boring. We've had a couple that have talked a lot. Mm -hmm. Like a lot. And you're like, <laughs> I can't remember when is. <laughs> yeah, which is what you want, but then... Like if the podcast ends up going on for like we try and keep ours to like forty five minutes, so mm -hmm. I guess some like sometimes it goes on really long. We might cut out a little bit of what they say. Apart <laughs> <laughs> from that, like no, like generally we've been so fortunate that we've had really really class guests on. No, it sounds like you. I can vouch that you have. There's no there's no sleepers in there. Have you got your Have you got your excuses ready yet for when like you do cut out bits like? Oh, the audio messed up for that, but it came back in here. Or that's what I—I've just oh. got a list of them ready to go. Like, oh no, sorry, my camera messed up, so we can't use that for the YouTube. So we've had to cut it out to make it match the audio and stuff like that. In fairness, we think no one, anyone's chased us up to say, "Oh, I wasn't keen on that," <laughs> or I think we've got away with it. It's <laughs> gonna say nobody, nobody ever phoned you up, going, "I got a bit carried away and forgot we were getting recorded on this. Can you please take that out?" Somebody just no. gone to town on a teammate and gone, oh shit, I can't put that on the internet. <laughs> no, we've probably had a couple of rants sometimes that were like, I did. <laughs> All the stuff in the kitchen floor about Hannah Smith having too much swagger. Just 
hours and hours of unreleased footage. Poor Hannah. Hannah was lovely on this, to be fair. <laughs> she was very humble, so I now know she was faking it, so I have to get her back on and be her swaggy self. Right, I'm going to talk about outside of rugby because for a lot of people that don't know this, obviously I'm lucky enough, Bonds, to have known you for almost a year now. And then Rona, obviously, I'm just starting to get to know you. Rona's now got a live audience as well, so that should be fun. I've now got Molly in the room, but I think she's fine with it. Hello, I'm going downstairs. Oh, she's going downstairs, she's leaving. She's just getting her jigsaw puzzle of her own face. So <laughs> maybe we should have said that she was cocky from the team. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I stumped him on the podcast. No, outside of rugby, yes. So as I was saying... Uh, is that yeah. you, Rona? I was thinking that. Rona, is that you? Oh, wait, it's what me? Unplug your headphones and plug them back in again. <laughs> See, this is going to be a great, this is going to be a great advert for how podcasts just never go 100% of the time, like 100%. I'm a normal now. Yeah, yeah, you're fine now. Oh, I didn't know I was weird. Sorry, guys. No, sorry. It was only like for about three seconds. Right, outside of rugby. Right, I'm lucky, like I was saying, I'm lucky enough to have known Bonner for about a year and a half now through work. And obviously, Rona, I've just been introduced to you and I'm going to get to know you hopefully through work. You guys seem to have 36 hours in a day and about nine days in a week with the amount of stuff that you guys achieve, do, and just live through in a week. How is it like getting outside of rugby? Because obviously, Bonds, you've mentioned it, you're a teacher. You've also managed to go through the RAF and become like a registered private. So, and then Rona, you've obviously done everything. You've been in athletics, you've worked, you've worked alongside rugby. What's it like being a female player? Because you guys just work so much harder than the male players, and I will fight that to the moon. <laughs> Rona, you gonna go for it? <laughs> oh, we love that, Sam. No, the, I've it's like I've had the last couple of years. Like I have been extremely busy. Like I've been studying working training and I'm definitely somebody that like I want to be at every session like if there's an optional kick-in session at 2 p.m like I, I want to be there and that's I think I probably learned the hard way that while you're studying and working and everything else you can't do that um like the there was a time last year that I got like like well yeah really pretty ill and it was like just a result of being really run down and it was because I was doing a job that started at 5 a.m and I was like training no, working like five till two, training from two till nine, then you get back into the house at half nine, then I was doing that again the next day. And then, yeah, like I think I definitely learned a lot from that in terms of like, you have to be re realistic with what you can do, but certainly like training at Lightning, I was training next to players who are full-time with England. So you want, I'm like, I'm an international player. I want to be doing everything that they're doing, but it's it's kind of just not realistic all the time. But with saying all that, like I've definitely had it a lot easier than like, I don't know, like, like a Rachel Malcolm or an Emma Wassel who have to be in work nine till five and there's nothing you can do about that. Like I've been pretty, although I've had a lot of volume, like I've been able to be flexible and if some nights that means I've been working late or working really early, that's, I've been able to do that, which other people can't do. So it's, it's kind of like a, a different struggle. Um, and then the last six months, I've got to be full-time with GB7s and like, I can't describe what a difference that makes. Like it's it's been absolutely huge. Like I've hit speed PBs, I've hit PBs in the gym and I'm, I'm training as much as I was before. The volume's not changed. I've just been like resting in between. Like it it really does make make a big difference. Mm -hmm. What were you doing for work beforehand, if you don't mind me asking? Is this like a, just a part-time job or? Yeah, so well, I was working for British Athletics and um, I did an internship with them alongside my master's and then managed to get a job with them while I was finishing my master's. So that was 
like I was really fortunate to have that and then I had like a a lull where I didn't have a job and picked up a job at Loughborough Sport which like I'm really grateful that they gave me the job it was like helping out as like a I don't know I was like setting up the tennis courts or setting up the badminton mm-hmm. courts like I, I don't know what we'd call it, like a sports coordinator sort of person which was a job that was like the hours that I could work with training starting at 5 a.m and like some people are really good in the mornings <laughs> this gal <laughs> needs some sleep night out. Um, night out. <laughs> yeah so so did that for a while so yeah I've kind of done a bunch of random things but like myself along with a lot of girls in the team like a lot of our decisions are motivated by what works around rugby rather than what you want to do for your career and I think that's where it's challenging it's like I've you see people from uni who are so far ahead in their careers than where I am and that's because I'm playing international rugby and it's it like definitely it's <laughs> I, I love your I love your comparison. Oh, they're so far ahead of me. I'm representing my country. <laughs> this is yeah, like, to you guys being too humble. You're like, oh, I'm not doing that much. I'm just representing my country around the world. <laughs> oh no, just make it like, yeah, prioritizing rugby over our careers. Like it's a funny, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, but we 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 do it because we absolutely love it, and mm-hmm. yeah, we've got goals that we want to achieve. Um, but yeah, it definitely it's it can be extremely tough, and I'm. I'm saying that, and I'm very fortunate that I'm one of the players that I've had it a lot better than others. Right. Now, following on from that, Rona's just explained how incredibly hard she worked. Bonds, how the hell did you find the time to become a teacher and then decide, going, I'll just join the RAF. Why not? I've got oh a couple God, of free no. hours. I'm, oh, do you know what? The PGC year, so like your teacher training year was definitely mm-hmm. the hardest. I remember an absolute highlight. This would have been my first season at Scotland as well. Um, getting up for oh running. God, was that the same year? PGC and the Scotland and your first year at Scotland in the same year. Yeah. Um, wow. Trying to balance it, getting up at five a.m. December morning, going to the park just down the road. So I used to live with Rachel Malcolm, mm-hmm. and doing Malcolm's at, as part of the session. And I remember putting my hand in something, but it was pitch black, couldn't see, had to get the session done wiped off and I was like nah something not right here I'd literally put my hand and lay in dog shit for this session and I was like this is like the pits what am I doing (laughs) like it was not okay like finish the session anyway probably caught rabies I don't know went home and was like this is disgusting like what like that was definitely like a career low but um and again, I'd get home and when you're doing your first, well, your teacher training, you spend so long doing your um, lesson plans. It is mm-hmm. like, for those that are in teaching will know that that year is horrendous because you'll be up to like 1, 2 a.m. trying to get it right. The next day you'll go and teach it for an hour lesson and it'll either go well or it won't go well, but the kids don't really care otherwise. And then that's it, you move on to the next lesson. Um, so that was a complete roller coaster. It got a little bit better uh, when I got my first teaching post, and my school were as supportive as they could be. But as kind of international demands increase and the camp length increases, which is great, and that's what we all want, it then makes it increasingly harder for your employers to be that bit flexible, especially with teaching. You've got your set holidays, and mm-hmm. it was just unfair on the kids. I wasn't there for pretty much 90% of the week, um, giving them cover lessons, coming back for a day or two, marking it all, and then having to turn around the next set of lessons. It just became 
quite tough and I had like uh, almost like a little bit of a breakdown I was like something needs to change at the end of one season in particular because it just a little bit like Rona like couldn't really do it and like my mental health took a bit of a like a knock um so I got support through Scotland was brilliant um went down to part-time teaching and if I'm honest the military is always something that I'd wanted to do I just never wanted to take the step away from training um the first six months of officer training you you can't be in the game just because of the injury risk it's so intense you you've got to be in that bubble and then throw covid into it you've certainly got to be in that bubble um and i just thought the more i'm playing if i pick up a career and an injury that's probably ruling me out from military altogether and i've got to as much as i love teaching it's something i can come back to um i just kind of want to explore this military itch I've always had and um, like my dad and my granddad were both in the military too I just thought you know I'll apply for it um, and the intention was always to try and get it for post World Cup so I'd have that kind of breathing space to do my training then come back to it but then with everything that had gone on it, it worked out the way it did and um, I'm just trying to make it work at the moment as I'm in my phase two training but um, once I'm out training generally like the RAF and the force is super supportive of the sport like I'm really good friends with Amy Cocaine who's now my teammate at Quinns and mm -hmm. he's like an absolute advocate for RAF and, and rugby and, and ties them in so well with their lifestyle at the moment and um, just because of the support that they've got for her. Wow I, I just don't know how you, like, you see when you just rattle off all that stuff there I think about me coming home from my work and I'm like half five and I fling my shoes off and I'm just like god I'm not doing anything for today like we go back to the top like the baths run I've got the pjs on my movie with 10 series is there and then I think but because I've met you guys like, I've met you I've met Waz I've met Tomo I've met Abby and I'm like I bet they've just done like their second circuit training of the day on top of their nine hour shift so I feel <laughs> it's, it's very motivating for me to go fungo well, you've only like you've only worked for eight hours a day, and there's 24. I know people that are making the most, so get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> you do get kind of caught up in it, though. You don't really realise just how busy it is until you take a step back. But when you're in it, you just... I'm the sort of person that if I probably didn't have that, I'd be super... I'd probably be super lazy and not do half the stuff. I almost need that pressure for me to tick things off and actually achieve something. So I guess it works quite well. You just learn to make it work. That's quite a good question. Rona, how did you find it when you got to go pro as GB for the six months? Were you just like, I have so much free time? Well, it was funny with that because I, although, yeah, I was, I was like pro with GB in terms of I was on funding and that's the first time I've yeah. been like, yeah, uh, like a funded athlete. Um, I still was finishing my master's so that like still kept me busy we had podcast stuff like I, I did kind of still feel relatively busy in that time but the last like three four weeks maybe since like I finished with GB and I've like I've now not been working and just had training and we haven't really had podcast stuff on I've literally been going like crazy I'm like like I'm somebody that like you as Bond said that like, you get so caught up in it like I'm so used to being so busy that I've literally been like like what do I do <laughs> like the, what do you do between 9 and 5 p.m um it's, it's been funny like I, I think it's so ingrained that like yeah we just we just like to be busy and find side projects and and get things done but you do just get in this like rhythm of it and then you're desperate for time off and time off comes and you're like oh it's 
kind of nothing to do. So then you get back into it and <laughs> you go again. Well, I'm pretty sure that this will inspire somebody like it did me to sort of pull my finger out and work a bit harder <laughs> with the hours that God gives us in the day. Because before you, before I started talking to you guys, I was just like, yeah, eight till four, that's me done. And now I'm like, oh yeah, there's still 16 hours left in the day. I better do something with them. <laughs> Right, um, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject, which is social media, and more specifically, sports social media, because there's nothing like the people that hide behind the random pictures of football players on social media. And more specifically, I'm going to talk about for the Scotland women's team. And I was telling you this before I came on. I wrote the note down as social media mores because I had to remember myself that we want to talk about that. How good is it having the like the women that you have supporting you guys? Because every time there's on Twitter, there's always the same players' mums. It's always Tomo's mum, Chloe Rowley's mum, Hannah Smith's mum's one. She always she messaged the podcast after Hannah came on, saying they're so supportive of what we did. But they're always just fighting your court. And I tell you, I would not take on any of them in any form of conversation or <laughs> Twitter war ever. In fairness, it's probably our dads. Like our dads are absolute warriors behind like Twitter. Like my yeah, dad and- loves a retweet or a comment. Some of the things I'm like, oh, dad. So you wouldn't recognise the dad squad as well because they're hide they're hid behind like pseudo names like there's Dave the Diver that's yeah. Bond's dad we've got Infinity Mountain you guys just outed that. He's, he's, he's dad. Hiding if you just outed him. <laughs> yeah, all the hidden yeah, names. Nelly's dad's quite active as well. Yeah, Infinity Mountain guide. <laughs> the I've had to get my dad in trouble before. Well, especially so after like I don't know if a selection comes out or whatever, and like my dad was retweeting things that would say like Rona Lloyd in them, so it'd be like Robert Lloyd retweeted like Rona Lloyd I'd be like no I was literally calling him being like you can't do that like people know that you're my dad <laughs> like, um, they're funny but they are they're so supportive like we're so lucky like we call them the little parent fan club like they've all got this Facebook group where they like meet up and come to games and like we'll go and play in Italy or France and stuff and the parent fan club will be there they actually showed up to a shirt presentation in Italy and some of the parents mine included had had maybe four too many pints to be at a international shirt presentation <laughs> yes um, but no they're yeah they're absolutely brilliant like we're so lucky and it's funny because like even like Jenny's mum and dad came to see us play in Italy when Jenny had done her ACL and wasn't playing and yeah they all like you'll get a hug from somebody's parent after the game even if yours aren't there like it, it's really special actually that sounds like the most wholesome <laughs> Facebook group chat I've ever heard no it's yeah, not it's just about pints Oh, even better. <laughs> I'm trying to find some examples of Dave the Diver, but so far it's quite tame. It's um, is it? I guess Tomo's one that I see the most. She retweets most of the work tweets that I put out. Obviously, because oh, Tomo's the ambassador. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. it, is it Susan? Susan. Susan is yeah. Susan is a Twitter force. Like I worry for my job when I see Susan active on Twitter. Like Susan could have my job, and I'd be powerless oh. to stop her. You need to add Susan on Facebook. That is where Susan really gets her kicks. Oh, this is a cute one from Dave Diver. Good luck, ladies. Believe in yourself and you can win. So motivational. You've like motivated the team, Dad. Go on. I might I might phone your dad if I've ever got a big life affair coming up. I'll just be like, Dave, feeling a bit insecure here. Tell me how I'm gonna do well in this situation. Yeah. You know, he can provide some information. I'm I'm now gonna try and find Rona's dad. Do you know what? I'm, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a special podcast. I'm gonna get like seven of them on the pod. And we're gonna discuss the fans of women's rugby. And it's just gonna be like a ten like a twenty minute podcast about the glory that is the Scotland women's rugby team, just from the parents. Oh god, they would they would love their time in the limelight. 
Oh, they every, would. Every, every player must nominate one parent to come on, and we'll just have chaos for 30 minutes. Imagine just all the little faces on the screen. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we Make sure we'd, we'd need to have a player in it just to, like, moderate what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll just send you for the feedback, and I'll be like, Rona, what of this can fly and what can't fly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Try to send it to the SRU as well. That's probably right. <laughs> yeah, I they would. <laughs> Bruno, what's your dad's handle? I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm about to go follow Dave the Diver right now. Since we get off the podcast, put us there. Oh, I need to find it. <laughs> that was it... Sorry, carry on. Is it an unusual handle? Yeah, it's it's an army number, so it, it cannot be easily tracked. Oh, this is so I must have liked his. For the, for the audio listeners right now, all we can see is Sarah just looking really intently at a bright light at her phone as she's scrolling through Twitter. Can't put it down, but right, I'll find if, it just send just send a bunch, and then I'll, or I'll go through them, and then when we drop this podcast, I'll just start throwing them out throughout the week. <laughs> I'll just start tagging them on stuff on Twitter. I'll be like, at Dave the Diver, what did you think of this week's episode? <laughs> You'll get some honest. You'll get some brutal feedback. It's like not normally a listener, but this one was passable. So thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we've got to talk about social media, and then this is more. I asked Hannah the same question. What advice? And you, you've touched on it quite nicely already, Rona. What advice would you give to young female athletes, especially with the what of a better word, arseholes that do happen to populate social media? Like, how would you tell young females to interact with social media, or how to not interact with social media? I think Bonds, you're looking at me. Does that mean <laughs> should I take this one away? The like, I think it's a tough one because like our life is so like social media is such a huge part of our lives these days, and especially for the youngsters, like some like girls I know that are like nineteen, twenty, like their screen times like horrendous. Like they're like girls these days and young boys, like they're on their phone a lot, and a lot of it can be pretty toxic, but I think we need to remember like on social media, like we decide what we can see in terms of if there's somebody, like I've, if, if I see somebody that tweets something sexist or whatever, like I'll just mute them or I'll unfollow them and, and block them or whatever, like and I'll just do it then and there because it's not, like it's not something that you need and yeah, I think you choose what's on Jesus your feed, Christ. you choose what you can see, so just choose what you expose yourself to and don't expose yourself to things that like don't make you feel good. Sorry, yeah. I'm fiddling about with the light. Oh, I'm listening. I'm just fiddling about with the light. Oh, no, Sorry, I'm just your light show. <laughs> it's one of those we. I can't move because my camera's touching my computer. But it's one of those like you know those we TikToker ring lights. Yeah. You know, you're, like, you're, you're setting up a podcast on a budget, and you set yourself like a budget of like eight quid. And you're like, I will make a. I will make a, a podcast video out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so if if I ever make a Twitter a TikTok account for the page, you'll know what has been filmed on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, sorry, no, right at the end there. So you, I've, I've completely. We're gonna go again. What was your last sentence? I completely missed it, and I'm now confused myself talking about TikTok. Oh no, just that you like you choose what you expose yourself to on social media, and if somebody's putting out something that you don't like or that doesn't like make you feel good, then you mute them, you unfollow them. Like you, yeah, you don't have to expose yourself to that. I will, I will second that. The most satisfying thing you do is mute somebody because they don't know you've muted them, so they just tweet at you relentlessly, and you just cannot see it. <laughs> Or like I just give people the silent treatment. Like there's a spe- specific like thing that I could think of is like a boy that like I was he was on the men's rugby team at uni. Like he like tweeted was tweeting like really sexist things about women's football, but then was like I don't know, like messaging me being like 
like congratulating me on Scotland things. And it's like, no, you can't like pick and choose when you're an ally for women's sports. People like that. It's just like, yeah, you you mute, you block, like you do what you do. But I think, yeah, it's just kind of regulating what's on your personal social media, I guess. Mm-hmm. Bonds, I- any any extra advice? No, echo what Rona said. You just tailor your experience and try not get bogged down by it. Like I do know a few pals have looked at it and you kind of get sucked in or you have a, not a weak moment, but you're, you kind of get drawn into it and it's just really not worth it. Mute mm-hmm. it, make sure that you just follow who you want to follow and what is relevant to you. Sometimes you can't avoid it. Um, and you will see some things that are just quite hurtful, but use it to channel into your next game or whatever. No, completely agree. The thing that I I try to make people remember as well is because obviously I've not got any negative comments yet, but I know they'll probably they'll come at some point with a podcast. Is for everyone the thing we used because I used to work in restaurants, so what we used to we used to say is for every negative review, there's about twenty people that have had a good experience that just don't tell you about it. So just look at it that yeah. way. Yeah. So, yeah, young female athletes take advice from this guy that has never played professional rugby, but just ignore <laughs> what they say on social media. <laughs> that's, you know, with the social media thing, that's something where, like, I feel like the boys get it so much harder than us because there's so many less people watching our games and stuff, whereas, like, some of the stuff that I've seen about, like, male athletes are, like, it's, yeah, it's so hard. And there's, like, I, as well, right now, anything that comes up on your Instagram about the vaccine or coronavirus you get a pop-up saying like this might not be accurate information like if they can spot it that easily then why aren't we like regulating racism better online or abuse better online like I think social media platforms need to do a lot more as well Mm -hmm. yeah no I agree sorry Sarah are you gonna say something or no sorry Raz has just messaged me being like are you free (laughs) I'm just gonna quickly reply to say that I'm still popping no, we're near the end, don't worry. We've just got to talk about your big summer. Uh, we're going to talk about you guys getting into rugby now, so that will... Uh, nobody nobody wants to talk about rugby on the Over in 8 Minutes podcast, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we'll get started straight away. We'll talk about how you guys both got into rugby. So how did you How did you both come out? Obviously, I knew, Sarah, you rode, and obviously, Rona, you, in the most understated sport of the century, you were rather fast at sprinting, which I think most <laughs> people know anyway. But, so how did you both come out into rugby? Obviously, Rona, you said you were playing it from quite a young age. Yeah, maybe sort of playing when I was like 12, 13. Like I was just one of these kids that did like a bunch of sports at school. Like I would do athletics, basketball, rugby, netball. Like I kind of did everything. And then as I got a bit older, well, I, I think actually probably once I hit like maybe 16 was when I then got involved in Scotland under 20. And then it was like, okay, instead of doing rugby once a week, you're now doing it three times a week. And then after a couple of years and you're getting excited for games, you then also have to do three gym sessions. And it kind of just like, built up organically like that but um yeah I'm, I'm so glad it, it did and I wouldn't change a thing and actually the exposure I got to other sports I think is has been absolutely massive like I, I guess the player that I am like a speed's a big part of my game and that's something that comes from the time that I spent in athletics so it's yeah it, I think actually coming into rugby quite late has a lot of benefits well quite late 13 late maybe relative to the men's game but not certainly not relative to Bonner no. <laughs> yeah, Bonzo, Bonzo, was your first rugby game? Uh, first rugby game would have been like a twenty. Wow. That's... Yeah, nineteen twenty, quite late. Um, so growing up, like I loved all sports again. 
uh, took netball quite seriously. So my parents, when I was 13, we moved from Aberdeen to Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then love netball. My parents and my, my pal who used to play netball as well used to drive me and Lucy up to Bath to play for Team Bath in the Super League or like the Junior Super League. Mm-hmm. So loved it. Um, and then got scouted to row. Um, went through like the Tall and Talented programme and growing up as a kid, I could always wanted to go to the Olympics. That was my huge dream and ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, you know, I can't pass on this opportunity um, and got offered a place to go to college at Heartbreak in Gloucester. Um, my one condition was that I could still play netball whilst kind of figuring out whether rowing was good. And I took to rowing quite well like I just had like quite a natural engine even though I technically was terrible I could kind of just muscle my way through a little bit um so it kind of went from there did like junior stuff on 23s enjoyed being in team crew boats um but really struggled being in my single um but whilst at college in Gloucester, Nolly Daniel Waterman was the coach while she was playing for England. And she used to mentor me a little bit because I really struggled with my nerves. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself before competitions and trials for rowing. So I got to know her that way whilst at college. And then in my final year of uni, um I'd I'd kind of really got into a bit of a hole and Wanted to still be competitive at something, but felt that if I left rowing, I'd lose my identity and had all these really, I don't know, I just got myself into a proper mental negative spiral, Um, but happened to bump into Nolly as she was on England camp. And Mm -hmm. Nolly's one of these people that she'll ask you the most innocent, trivial question, like, how are you? But almost like looks into your soul. And I just burst out crying and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I still want to be competitive, blah, blah, And end of, long story short, she was like, you need to keep going to your next competition. Take a break from it. While she's taking a break, I'll put you in touch with some rugby clubs and just play rugby to keep your fitness up while you figure out what you want to do. So fast forward six months later, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I love it. The first session that I ever went to for rugby, I turned up in pair of trainers and someone was like, oh, what size shoe are you? Uh, I've got a spare pair of boots, wear these. And I was just amazed at this, the fact that someone just lent me their shoes because in rowing, it's very much like doggy dog. Like, this is my mm-hmm. kit, that's my kit. Um, and just the variety and training I loved. And I just kind of never looked back. But I have Nolly to thank for that, really. <laughs> so Nolly, Nolly is the reason we have a powerhouse at number five in the, in the school. <laughs> yeah, she uh, influenced my pathway to rugby, so I, I do aura quite a lot. That's actually an incredible story that you didn't play rugby till you were 20, and then by the time you're almost 22, 23, you're representing your country. Yeah, I, I so the reason why I mentioned netball is because I think that probably helped my transition, mm-hmm. um, having those skills, because I think if I had just rode my whole life, I probably wouldn't have the coordination. But um, yeah, I, I was quite fortunate that I had that kind of childhood of training um in the gym and fitness and stuff it was more just learning the skill but mm-hmm. I think if you've got experience of team games you can you can transfer and I think in the women's game especially it's not too late Rachel Malcolm's the same she transferred um later too but came from a hockey background uh, and I think in the women's game especially in Scotland talent transfer is probably quite a good way to go 
Um, you've got not many opportunities for girls to to play rugby at grassroots level, especially in places like Aberdeen, like football was a huge sport, but not really many places, certainly at Colts where I went to school in Miltimber Primary, did any girls play rugby. Um, but you will get athletes doing other sports that would probably be interested in it when they get exposed to it at university and they could transfer across because they've got those foundation skills. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, it's really, it is really exciting, like you said, the, the amount of, because like we were talking about the men's sevens team for the USA as well, the amount of sports that lend themselves to rugby is unbelievable because rugby is such a, gen, not a generic sport, but such a, you need to be good at a lot of things that therefore you can learn from having specific skills and others. Yeah. Right. I want to ask you both, because you've just said how emotional the kit handouts are when you're getting the shirt presentations. What was that first Scotland call up like? And somebody, like, how does it go? Did the coach phone you up himself and be like, I don't know if you know who I am or you might know who I am, but we want you to be at this place on this day for that Scotland team, that Scotland camp. Ah, uh, so... Who wants to go first? Sarah, you go first. Um. So Rach and I got our call up at the same time. So like our journeys, we've pretty much been like through thick and thin together. Um, we were playing at Litchfield um, Rugby Club mm-hmm. and our coach was like, oh, Scotland's been in touch. They know that you two are Scottish qualified. Um, like, would you want to go to a camp? Like, we can put you in touch with them. Um, spoke to Shade, and next thing you know, we're in a camp. Um, at the Holiday Inn in Christopher Road in, in Edinburgh, <laughs> and me and Rach were what, so the one by the zoo. <laughs> yeah, the one by the zoo. <laughs> so keen and nervous that we had breakfast at 6am, got our things ready, came downstairs with our bags, good to go, and we were waiting to get a taxi to Murrayfield. Meanwhile, Trace and Debs, like absolute stalwarts of the team, like heroes themselves, came downstairs and went, oh my God, there's Tracy and Deborah. Um, we're like, oh, are you like off training? Are you the new girls? And we're like, yeah, we're ready. And they're like, oh, we're just going to breakfast. So we got our timing so wrong. Like we were so keen and on it. Arrived at Murrayfield so bloody early. Felt really silly, but um, I was actually so pleased that me and Rach went through that journey together. But it was exciting. That was kind of my experience of it. Rhoda, what was your first call up like? Yeah, it was like, mine's was funny because I played Scotland in the 20s. Like I was probably on like that journey for longer. And then mm-hmm. my first like, real call up to a camp was Scotland had this 10 day training camp in Spain which was like the biggest deal in the world because at that point the team didn't have many camps never mind camps abroad and which I got to go to and got to play against like a Spain training team and yeah like I don't think at the time as well because I was like 18 I must have been like I didn't really appreciate probably what was like I guess what was going on I think it was (laughs) yeah like at the end of that week after I played against Spain I was like whoa like that yeah, that really happened, and that was with the senior team, and it was from there that I then got to keep coming to camps and eventually got capped. So, yeah, like a bit of a different journey, but again, like it, yeah, it it means so much to you. And like looking back, it's really cool to compare the support we get now and where the team is now compared to to where the team was at back then. Mm-hmm. No, and then so how was your first shirt presentation when you got that first test start? How, yeah, how like, many how many tears were there? Were there tears, or was there just like ecstatic cheering? I think that one was like ecstatic cheering. Like there was me and Tomo were like I guess Tomo was equivalent to my Rachel Malcolm in terms of like played under. I love that you've got like a little friend. I'm not. I don't. I don't mean to undervalue as a little friend. 
I know Tom was going to hate me for saying little, but you know what I mean? Like you've got a sort of buddy that everybody's sort of been with, like you have that one person that you recognise was there at every step. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that would have been like Tom or like kind of came through it all together. But then actually, I think when I was, because it's hard, because I was like so young when I first got capped, that I think it was all just like exciting. Whereas I feel like as I've got older, I've got like so much more emotional about Scotland. And then honestly, like the two of us are like probably the two worst, like, at shirt presentation in terms of like crying her eyes out and once I'd present bought her her shirt and I, I'd like written a speech but then I couldn't even say it so I was just crying so much that I just had to like give her this wet shirt that I'd be crying on but the yeah I think as you get older like and because when you get older you like appreciate the sacrifice that you make <laughs> um I've yeah, seen you lying in dog shit at 5 a.m. Bonds yeah. and what you'd have the shirt like I did a Malcolm in dog shit for this yeah um so yeah, I think I've probably got more emotional as I've got older. What about you, Bond? Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, the first few are like super exciting. You're just buzzing to be there. Not that you aren't buzzing any other time, but I think it just, this team especially, we've been together for a few seasons now. We are a proper family and that Jersey presentation, I don't know, it was just, you've put in the hard work you just want to do it for each other and it I don't know why it just gets emotional like even sometimes like the staff are emotional but we just want it for each other so much um it's just quite a big moment before the day even like on the anthems I really struggled to hold it together quite often like shed a tear but and post game I'm a nightmare for crying like I know that I'll go to Tomo because Tomo will also cry after a game and we'll just have a cry together win or lose um I yeah I don't know why I think it just means so much to to us all really I, I think um, oh sorry carry on carry on oh sorry I keep doing this Sam <laughs> no it's it's fine I, like I said Sean keeps telling me to stop doing it but Sean's not here so Sean, Sean can edit it out he'll be fine <laughs> I think the next one will mean a lot for both of us like the bonds is just is going through all our RAF training which like being her friend you're all like it's absolutely incredible what she's been through and what she's still going through and like how she's balanced it with rugby and like yeah it's, it's been like really inspiring so I think that one will mean a lot for that reason and then I've like just had a pretty unlucky like stream of injuries like it's been a year and a half since I've played for Scotland which is just so like weird to think of when I don't know you like dedicate your well yeah you like dedicate kind of everything you're doing in your life to something then if you get a couple injuries and it doesn't happen for a while you're like whoa like, yeah the I think we're both definitely like itching to get back in a Scotland shirt for sure like I'm and you yeah we're, games we're, coming up now they've been announced well, got some games yeah around. we're hoping that'll be next month for us both SPIP so we'll see <laughs> well I'll be watching Right, I want to talk to you about camp play. I wasn't originally going to talk about this, but all you guys have mentioned is how much of a family you guys are. And like, how did you, how have you managed to instill that bond? Was that something you had in like a team meeting where you were like, oh, I keep saying like Jesus. So when you were, when you were as a team, did you have the big team meeting where you were, these are our, these are our morals, these are our mottos, this is how we do things? Or is it just grown organically? I'd say it's grown organically. Like we've definitely had culture meetings and, discussions about standards and the way we want to play and and present ourselves in terms of professionalism and things like that but in terms of the bond we've got that's pretty organic I'd say which makes it so special and we've been through like some unreal highs but also some like heartbreaking lows together and I think that just naturally pulls you closer 
-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I think when I was first in the squad, because I think I've done five years, Bonner, and you've done four. We were only like one year apart from when we yeah. first got involved. But at that time, the squad was relatively new. There was a lot of new faces and we were having those culture meetings and we were talking about that a lot. But actually, it feels like something we've not really done in a while because it's still the same faces that are around. Like, we were all pretty young first getting capped and we we're all stuck with it and we all love it and we've just become so close so I think it is something that's really like just grown with the squad um and it's really cool that like we know what we stand for without having to to talk about it all the time or remind each other I guess no it does it looks the camp life and then specifically the women's team's camp life looks like most because obviously I follow a bunch of you on socials through various accounts and then I don't think I've ever seen a, a gym session where you're not having fun or there's there's not like a training session where you'll have one person just quietly passing comment about everybody running and it's just really like nice and heartwarming to see, especially with the rugby where it's so everybody's fighting and everybody's angry all the time. And then you've got you guys that just like, we are having the most fun you can possibly have in a confined space of grass, which is just really, really nice to see. It definitely does get like a bit spicy at training sometimes. Like me and Rachel Shanklin were on the wing opposite each other today and had like a couple, but then you know, like you would just end up like at the end of it, you'll yeah, you'll just be laughing. Like it's it's cool. Like I think we all really push each other in the yeah. right way with that. I love me the and thought of you just throwing Maxwell. hands and then giggling. Oh honestly, yeah. Jenny Maxwell is this the sassiest. She, like she's at the centre of all We've training. Had, like historically a few tiffs on the like in training. <laughs> Like, just because we're, we're wanting to better each other. Um, and today was a really funny one, although I didn't, I could didn't, I wasn't the same level, so I could just laugh about it. But I was at the bottom of the ruck, and I don't know why, but in my head I was like, oh, maybe if I, like, hold the ball up to her, it will, like, her. like just speed things up. And it, <laughs> instead, she, like, fumbled it because she wasn't expecting it to be held up. She was like, what are you fucking doing, mate? And like, sped off. And I was like, oh, no, I just got sassed. I just got sassed by J-Max. Um, and then we, like, laughed about it after. And it's like, what, under a bridge? But, like, we do have fun. But we also do have moments, which I think is needed. Like, if it was all roses and, and like, petals and whatever, um, you, you'd kind of don't have those learnings you do need to have those serious conversations and if that ends up in a little tip then as long as it's sorted off the pitch then it's fine exactly constructive constructive tips make a team better exactly is Rona frozen again yes i think she has, yeah, she has. <laughs> well anyway she'll come back in but she's fine we're getting to the end we've only got to do i'll t we'll tell her right when she comes back we'll just make her answer all the questions first it'll be really fun well, there we go. We're back there. Rona's phone gave up on her, but we're back now. Luckily for her, we've got right to the end of the podcast. So we're now at the very section that has been renamed by Matty Jess in the previous episode. It is now called Under the Team Bus, formerly known as Teammates. This, guys, is pretty much just like the quickfire questions, except instead of answering whichever one comes to your head, I'm going to ask you a question and you have to name the first player that comes into your head without going. But we're going to do the same format of one of you going first and one of you going second so nobody gets a chance to think about their answers. Is it a player in the Scotland team? It can be a player in the Scotland team or it can be a player at Quinns or at Gloucester or at Loughborough, whatever you are. It does. It can be a player you play from school if they were that good. Okay. But maybe not Maybe not the rowing because I, I don't know how that will translate to best side step and then yeah, this guy was lightning on water. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so it's literally first name that comes into your head, and then if you say somebody that might embarrass somebody, we'll make you stop and explain yourself so they can hear your explanation on the podcast. Okay. But there's nothing here that's going to cost you a friend. Might might end up with a tiff if you say Jenny Maxwell, but other than that, you should be fine. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. Jenny. <laughs> right, we'll get started. Right, Rona, you're going first. Hardest tackler you've ever played played against or with? Who hits the hardest? Well, hardest tackler, but if you're talking about throwing punches, in fact, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know who's actually a sly dog? Sarah Law. Really? She'd, yeah, you would not think she hits that hard, but, like, yeah, she'll get you Right, Bonds. Do you know it's the French nine? Uh, Pauline, <laughs> what, is it Bordeaux? She absolutely like munched me a belter, and she's half my height. Um, and I got. I, I think I think I know the tackle you mean. I think I remember watching it. And I got up, and I was like, "Do was I'm done. I think I've broke my ribs." <laughs> I was like, "I've just got absolutely munched." by the tiniest player on the pitch but hats off she's an absolutely world-class player so i'll take it right bonds who's got the fastest feet of any team that you've ever had chloe roley hate tackling her just because of that reason alone roll up yeah i was thinking chloe she's slippy that's the same answer as Hannah, so it must be true right yeah. this is the first fun one bonds who's the human turnstile who can't tackle for love nor money <laughs> probably me <laughs> No, you can't say you, that's a cop out. We don't, we don't do cop out. I have high tackle sacks, I just get them down in my own way. Um, who can't tackle for a lot of money? I love no Rona's thinking about the diplomatic answer. No one pops out. Oh, you're media um, trained. You, you've done well. <laughs> yeah, like I'm actually. Um, no one's like really popping out at me at the moment. I don't know, Rona, who would you say? No, oh, like, yeah. The, I was going to say Shona because she plays touch, but that's based on her playing touch. It's not actually true. So that's, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll let you off, but we're not having another one like that. we got to get some... Okay, okay. got, we, need, we need clips. Right, well, we need we'll, clips, guys. We'll be mean from now on. <laughs> say something if you don't mean them. Just think somebody that will bite back on social media. Well, yeah. then we'd say Hannah Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she puts it to mean it. I, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen Hannah Smith tackle and I know that's a lie. So. Right, which player on your team is most up for a night out? Oh, Vuna. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say Tobo. Ooh. Who can't hack the night out once you've decided you're going on one? Oh, I would also say Tobo. Oh, I'd probably also say Vuna. <laughs> <laughs> Rona, are you the one that's like, let's give it big licks, and then you're the first one getting carried out of why not? No, I think Bonds <laughs> is who says, let's give it big licks, then he's in bed first. <laughs> Probably true, yes. I know how you feel. The, the thought of the night out is better than actually being there, and by the time you're there, I just want to go home now. Yeah, I'm just not good at pacing, really. Like, if I'm going for a big night out, I can go in for a big night out, and then I'm like, oh, ruined at 10pm in bed. Oh, yeah, and I think because we don't go... No, sorry, carry on. We're doing it again. <laughs> I was going to say, because we don't go out often, I think we all just go, like, wild. We're like school kids at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, I made I made an embarrassment of myself at the first blokes age, the first blokes charity football match we did. We we had a game, we, play, we decided to play a football game on a Sunday, and we all met in Manchester for the first time on the Saturday. So we did oh. the responsible thing of going to watch the Lions game in a pub at four. 
And by yeah. half ten, it was it was by half ten, it was game over. And I was drinking with people like Tom Lindsay, who's six foot six and nineteen, so, so <laughs> I didn't stand a chance. But he he's evil and conniving because he was at one point he was drinking pints, and I was like, this man's a psychopath. I'm pints of gin and tonic, and then I realized it was soda and lime. So I was like, he's not drinking. <laughs> Strong. Exactly right. Worst fashion sense. Rona, you've got to go first. One's gone first. Past three times. Worst fashion sense. Oh, see, people would say say me. That's what I was thinking. I yeah, I've been voted. Were you going to say me? I got voted least fashionable at like the last Christmas party. So <laughs> but you can't say you. Say me. Bonds can say you, but you can't say you. Emma Lasso. She hates Crocs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not having that. Birkenstocks can get out. We're not having that. Right, Bonds. I know you're going to say Rona, but why is Rona the least fashionable? <laughs> I'm just Tell not her to her face why she's not fashionable. <laughs> it's not that she's not fashionable, she's just got her own unique sense of style. And you know, if Rona dressed any differently, it'd be weird, and I think she's unwell, so. <laughs> I, like, I, love, I love the thought of you pulling her aside, like, Rona, you're wearing black jeans and a casual top. What's wrong? <laughs> yeah. Also, I can't really talk because I packed for this camp and I've literally only packed Schmackron. And so I'm now in Emma's top. She's gave me. I'm literally sponsored by Emma this week because she gives me like casual tees to wear on run camp. Was <laughs> <laughs> is, is a good friend like that? Mm-hmm. She is. Uh, right. Who's the biggest joker in camp? Oh, oh, CB. CB, maybe. I was going to say CB. CB, or do you know what? Rachel McLachlan. Have you got any examples? What do they do that makes them the biggest pranksters and jokers? Rachel's just like that like day-to-day pranker is just like always wanting a prank um and she's got her own like her close friends is quite funny so it'd be up there <laughs> I'd say oh, yeah do you, do you agree both? no I'd agree like CB's just funny and Rachel just runs around causing mayhem so those two for that reason <laughs> right who's the best dancer in the group who's the hot stepper or best dancer teammate? Uh, that is a very good question. Drop J Max. Oh my god, J Max. Yeah. yeah, Jen. Really? What's the, what's her go to dance move? She just sna- snake hips. Snake hips. Really? Yeah, like the, yeah, hips move. She could do a slut drop and look good. Like J Max just <laughs> dances. Yeah. I love that. The Scottish Shakira, J Max. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who skips legs day? And what I mean by that is who's the one that you never see in the gym but is somehow a brick shit house? We've not done as well with these quick fires. No. <laughs> yeah, but I, w- I want you to think about these a bit more and then it proves that we're getting an honest answer and you're not just picking it Leah. Leah. Really? Leah Bartlett. I feel like she'd happily skip leg day, but still be a shipwreck house. I agree. <laughs> right. Who's the best player that you've ever played with skills-wise, just in pure rugby talent? Rule will go first. I'd ha- yeah, I've, I've played with Emily Scarrett at Loughborough, who I think is one of rugby player of the year. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty cool experience. I'm going to say, going to say Scars. Mm-hmm. Bonds. 
Mine would be Emily Brond. So I played with her at Litchfield. She was an old England lock. Um, and she was just sensational. She would be class aerial, aerial in the like in the lock. Um, in the open, she would grubber, and I'm pretty sure she scored off her own grubber kick. And that for me is just like absolute lock goals. Um, and on probably a similar theme, Amy Cocaine. I love playing with her. She just plays with so much freedom, and as a hooker. Is class. You'll see her down the wing. She also grubbers, scores off her own truck like grubbers. Um, she's just a really skillful, like player that's got a good rugby head. She's almost like the Finn Russell of the forwards, I'd say. Uh, what a compliment that is! I love mm. that. <laughs> uh, that's definitely going to be a caption in one of the clips. The Finn Russell. Well, her, head, her head will get too big if she knew I ever if I, if she knew I ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to cut that? Or... <laughs> <laughs> It's on, it's on the internet now. It'll stay forever. Right, who's the most natural athlete you've ever played with? Not maybe the best rugby player, but just the most freak athlete. Oh. Um, Delika. Yeah. Delika Menon. Yeah. Um, we played together with Delika at Loughborough, and her strength is just insane. Like, she's just a superhuman. Super, super strong. Wow. I like that. Right. Following on from J-Mac being the best dancer, who's the worst dancer in the team? Who's the one that shouldn't be dancing on a night out? Not going to lie, probably one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, t- the two of us. I thought Haggis. Haggis! Sorry, Lauren Harris, ex-teammate, <laughs> terrible dancer. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh. Can't be that bad. What does she dance like? Creepy dad. Yeah. <laughs> you answered that so fast. It's just creepy dad. Right. Who's got best tunes? Who's the one that you want to see on the Oxcord? Annabelle. For yeah, me. Yeah, Annabelle Sargent. Really? Are we talking cheesy pop? Are we talking like heavy rock or? Like a bit of both. She just reads the crowd really well, I think. I'd nice. agree. She's well travelled as well. So she's got some like overseas. Overseas tunes in there, which we love. Yeah. Love that. You love, like, the, you remember when Despacito, the summer of Despacito, when everything was in Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> right. Who's the future coach? Who, when you look at them, play or train, you just think you've got future gaffer written all over you? Do you know what? I think Tomo. <laughs> she does coach, doesn't she? She does coach already. Yeah, but For, like. like under 16s. Like, I can see her in, like, years to come. Not, like, soon, but years to come being, like, Scotland head coach. I thought Slaw. Or Slaw, yeah. Fair Slaw's a good shout. We've got two coaches there. That's us. Solved. Mm. Jimmy. Exactly. Team coach. Just two teams. Perfect. (laughs) Right. Who's hard as nails? Who's just this somebody that, say you were to have... uh, a very serious tiff on a game, not in training. Who do you want to do next to you? Meg Kennedy. 100%. Would, yeah. Kennedy got your back. I think she, as well, she's got that, like, Switch. that streak. Yeah, she could she could go go a bit psycho <laughs> if she needed to for a teammate. I like that. <laughs> right. Getting close to the end now. Who is the one that hogs the mirror the most post-game? Who's the one that knows they've got a cheeky interview coming up with SRU TV or... They've got guess. Sky Sports. You know, I'm throwing this back to you. Guess you—you you must know. 
I, I know what Hannah said, said. I don't want to say it because I feel like it's a very loaded question. And I'm going to make Rona answer first because you've answered all the other ones first. Well, We're, so. I'm thinking the same person that Bonner said, the same person that I imagine right. Hannah Swift right. said, we'll all the same person the, that you know. We'll all say, I'm not saying I know this because I don't know any of them. Right, we'll all say it on the end of three. Right, so three, two, one, wassle. Emma. Yeah, Emma Wassle. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's because she doesn't have waterproof mascara and she keeps forgetting to buy some and that's why it comes off. That's what I heard. Um, I don't know. When she was, we went shopping not that long ago together, and she bought some. So, gal's got no excuse now. Well, at least I don't feel as bad for Hannah Smith now because two other people said, "Yeah, you're gonna give this. We're gonna give this girl a poor complex. She's gonna. Be, I'm not going anywhere near the mirror. I'm just going straight out." No, gal's stop fine. It. It's fine. <laughs> it's because she's a war horse, man. I, I don't think I've ever seen her not go into a ruck at a hundred miles per hour. Yeah. True. So when she comes out with the cauliflower and the buns, like this, uh, for me, the symbol of a hardworking women's rug rugby forward is when the bun starts here and it ends <laughs> up like covering one side of the head. That's when I know somebody's playing really hard in the women's game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, that's like Waz, like we might say that she spends most time in the mirror before the game, but like she absolutely puts her body on the line. So fair exactly. play to her. Waz, it's all in good spirits. We're, we're all your friends, really. We just roast you on the internet on a podcast. <laughs> We're not friends. Right, last one. Who's most likely to order plane at Nando's? <laughs> Lana. Oh, Lana! Yeah, Lana. Really? Can't handle spice? Yeah, I'd say Lana. <laughs> I've just, I went to a tournament in Ukraine with Lana and I don't think she could eat one thing that the kitchen brought out that week, so... <laughs> It's a long week of co like cocoa pops and cornflakes. Yeah, I remember. Remember sitting down to a meal and her saying, "Oh well, that's two down to the kitchen," and it that was day one. So <laughs> I love that. At least the honesty is there, right? Well, you guys have both survived under the team bus. Under the team bus of Bonds and Rona has been very successful. Woo! And I feel like oh, Emma Wassell, fine because she's just getting slayed every time I get one of her teammates on the podcast. <laughs> I need to get her on, and then I can just let her defend herself. I'll be like. Right, I've not got any any segment planned for this. Emma, just get a, anything you want to say about Bonds, Rona, or Anna Smith. <laughs> right, there we go. We're approaching the end. There's only one question left, and it's the question I actually gave you time to prepare for. So following on from uh, Annabelle Sargent's tunes, she's handed both of you the aux chords. She's given you the turns each, and you've got three cheesy pop songs to get the team ready for the night out and why not, for all the good dancing and all the bad dancing. What three songs are you picking? Rona Lloyd, you go first. We've, so we've discussed it together. All oh, <laughs> um, right, you've gone together. That's fine. That's even better. Our, that means it's got to be a good three. Our first choice was Chumbawamba, Tub Thumping. Love that. <laughs> That's a great start. Absolute tune. Yeah. Second choice would have to be Proclaimers. 500 Which song? Mile. 500 Mile. Mm -hmm. It's cheesy, but, you know, crowd pleaser. We all love it. And you can get the stomps in there, really get the bus going. And final song, number three. Our choice, we went for Walking on the Waves by Skipdish. Great song. What a great, great song. That is a very good three. That's going to be tough to beat because we're getting, we're going to get a leaderboard on the go and I reckon that could be quite high there. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's hit out, nobody's hit out with Matt Hardy's Carly Rae Jepsen yet, but people are getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, there we go, folks. That is the end of the podcast. We are now at the end of the over 80 minutes, at about nearly 200 minutes in, but we're fine. So we've had fun. Time flies when you have fun. Right, guys, before we go, I'm just going to tell you about our partner that we've still got, Wild Haggis Protein. They're amazing. You can get there. You get personalized fitness equipment. You get BCAs. You get protein powder, fat burners. They're all there. Really great, good. And if you use code over in 80 at checkout, you get 10% off. That's O V E R I N 80. Put that in at checkout, 10% off. Sorts out great. Right, guys, where can they find you on social media, both your personal ones and the podcast? They will all be down below, but just for people that are listening. You go for it, Rona. <laughs> Our podcast is Women Who Sport Podcast. My Instagram is Rona Lloyd and Bonner's is Sarah underscore Bonner. Yeah. There we go. All three Instagrams done and dusted. There we go. That's well, that's it. it. Right, guys. End of the podcast. As usual, like, subscribe if you're watching it on YouTube. Leave a review. They help more than anything. The five-star ratings are good. As we discussed on social media, don't be mean. If it's constructive, I want to hear it. I want to know how the podcast is going to be. If you are being mean, at least make it funny. Then I'll retweet and cop some followers off that way. So at least try harder and make it funny. Right, guys, that's amazing. Sarah, Rona, thank you for your time. I'll let you get back to camp. Let your roommates come back in the room. Stay safe. It's good to see you. Hopefully catch you guys soon. Right, see you next week, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.